Welcome to the Hidden Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and today we are going to be talking about your so-called weaknesses, and we're going to identify how they're actually our strengths. At the end of today's episode, I'm going to give you three action steps that you can use to be able to apply what we talk about today in your real life. Let's start with a big thought, and that is the very things that we view as weaknesses in our personality often reveal what our strengths are. But because those traits have gotten us into trouble, we think that we are supposed to avoid or even hide those traits altogether. What I have found time and time again is that those highlighted weaknesses are simply disguised uh, disguising our unrealized strengths. And when you lean into those traits rather than away from them, you will tap into your hidden potential like never before. You're probably thinking, how can my weaknesses be my strengths? So let me explain. The, the personality strengths of a person is a lot like the oil of a car. If you were to just pour oil all over the car, it would cause a lot of problems. It would make a mess and it would give off a very unpleasant aroma. See, it's just like what it is in our lives with those personality traits. It, it, it seems like this big mess, but... When you funnel the oil to where it's supposed to go, it becomes the lifeblood of the vehicle that causes everything else to be able to work properly and efficiently. In fact, a car cannot run effectively without oil in the right place. And that is a lot like what it is for our personality traits. You just have to find the right place and the right way to work it. When I was a teenager, I'll share my own story. I got into a lot of trouble. I mean, a lot of trouble. And three things that stick out to me when I was a teenager. One, I wasn't afraid to break the law or to start a fight. <laughs> and when uh, number two, when I didn't have money, I would steal to get what I wanted. And number three, I was willing to try any new drug and I would entice others to do drugs with me. So those are three really unhealthy, toxic traits that were part of my past, right? Well, now that I'm an adult, those things that would get me into trouble before are the very things that make me successful today. And for example, number one, while before I was not afraid to break the law and I, would, I was always ready to start a fight, now I'm not afraid to break the mold of traditions or the status quo. Even if uh, even if that makes others think critically of me, I, I don't feel afraid of criticism to try something new, uh, to break that mold. Number two, while before I didn't, when I didn't have money, I would steal to get what I wanted. Now, when I don't have the resources or the manpower to do something, I don't give up. I creatively use innovation to still achieve my goals anyway. I always say within our group that I like to do things ghetto. Just because we don't have the money to do it doesn't mean that we can't do it. We can find a ghetto way to do it. And number three, while before I was always willing to try a new drug and I would entice others to do drugs with me, now I'm adaptable and I'm always willing to learn something new in order to make a positive impact in other people's lives. See, all of those things were the same characteristic traits, those same personality traits that were negative before, but once I learned how to mature and funnel those, they became the greatest parts of my myself. So no matter what it is, I know that if you allow yourself to see yourself with potential, that you will be able to funnel your talents and your and, and your traits into something great and meaningful. So 
I want to give you five steps, five steps to help you identify and utilize your so-called weaknesses into strengths. Number one, I want you to identify the areas of trouble and lean in. Identify the areas of trouble for your life. I had someone uh, tell me in a conversation the other day that they were an empath and that they they have this uh, problem in which they they are so willing to trust someone that they feel the so emotional and connecting with someone and they saw it as a weakness. It's like, dude, you just need to learn how to funnel that. It's not that you you're not supposed to connect with people, but you need to funnel it to where you're not getting uh, used as a doormat in the process. But once you learn how to lean into that trouble, you will be able to do great things that nobody else could do. So it doesn't matter what that trouble is for you, whether it's trouble for others or trouble for yourself, lean into it and identify what really makes you tick. Number two, clarify your passion. Clarify your passion. This this might take a little critical thinking, but I want you to to get serious about what makes you excited. I think that it will directly connect to those personality traits that that bring trouble, but find what you're passionate in and marry that passion. Just marry that passion and know that that that's just like part of your calling. Don't give up on it. And we're gonna talk more about discouragement in a couple weeks, but don't let discouragement hinder or, or make you doubt what that passion is for you. So many times we get passionate about things, but then we don't know how to really engage in that passion, and we allow discouragement to make us believe that that passion was not for us, so that wasn't our calling. We were just misled. Clarify your passion and marry it. Number three, identify areas of mental neglectfulness. Let me explain what this is. Mental neglectfulness, what I'm talking about is the things that are just hard for you to do. It's like you have to really intentionally think about doing them. Uh, I heard someone say one time that they just like always forget their keys or their their ADD, whatever it is. The the things that you end up making mistakes on the most. For me, I I can get so hyper-focused to where I neglect uh, kind of the details, the outside things. I, I, I can't multitask. And so for me, I have to very like zero in and understand that uh, I will become neglectful of things like communication. I'll be so focused on one thing that I'll forget to tell three other people what I'm focusing on um, or like texting back. You know, I could go on and on, but look at the areas that you often get neglectful in and label them, identify them. Number four, for those, this is step four, uh, for those mental neglectful moments, those things, establish automations or people for what you often neglect. Now, let me explain this for a minute. We often think that we just need to do better. It's called this white knuckle approach where you're just like, maybe if I try harder, I'll do it next time. It's just not going to happen. That's why you keep getting overwhelmed. That's why you keep getting discouraged. That's why you keep getting frustrated. Or maybe other people are getting frustrated with you because you just think, well, maybe this time I'll just try more and it'll be different and you'll get different results. That's insanity. Trying the same thing over and over but expecting different results, it's not going to work. So rather than trying, 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 simply set up an automation to do it for you or set up people to do it for you. It, it's like the idea of um, for for a lot of the stuff that I do, like even for my church, I'm not good 
at responding to to details. I want to show appreciation to everybody uh, for any kind of participation, but I will neglect it just because I get so uh, I'm I'm zero focus. I I can't do more than one thing at once, and so because I know that I will mentally neglect appreciation verbally or through an email, I I, I know that that's a, a weakness for me. Rather than just trying, 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 I automate that to where anyone that gives a donation or anyone that does X, Y, Z, there's, I already compiled an email to be sent to them so that they are thanked or they are given appreciation immediately. And it's automated rather than like, oh, I need to, I need to go back and do that later. Automate what you often neglect or put people in place for the things that are hard for you to do. The more that you grow, the more that you need to learn how to build a team and delegate the things that you neglect. Again, there's some things that you're going to have to hold on to for a while until you grow in your leadership, grow in, in yourself. But as soon as you're able to, you want to pass the buck for the things that you are mentally neglectful of. Um, and finally, number five, Start saying no to the things that you don't uh, to the things that don't meet your passion. Start saying no to the things that don't meet your passion. And I want to emphasize something here because it doesn't mean that you should say no to every opportunity. That's not what I'm saying. I think that early on when you're trying to grow in your influence and leadership, wherever that is, you need to say yes to almost everything. But I think that you start to zero, you start to mature as a leader to where once you've like kind of cut your teeth a little bit, that you've get gotten some experience. Once you do that, that's when you start saying no to the things that don't meet your passion. Uh, I'll give a simple example for me um, when it came to like even sharing messages or creating content. I used to think that um, I, I just love sharing content about anything. I, I could talk about anything and everything. And while I can, talk about anything and everything, there's only certain things that make me passionate. Uh, for example, I get passionate about leadership. I get passionate about ministry. I get passionate about breaking cycles, uh, toxic cycles in people's lives. And there's other things I'm just not passionate about. For example, like dating. Um, I used to think that I was passionate about, about teaching, about dating and relationships because I was knowledgeable of it. But even though I was knowledgeable about it, I realize that I don't get excited about it anymore. Um, it, it's like something where whenever I do a topic on that, I'm just like, okay, I got to get through it now. And and I urge you that you should you should really zone in on your passions rather than trying to say yes to every possible thing. Again, get your experience, but once you mature, learn to just say yes to your things you're passionate about, things that you're good at, and become a master of those those passions rather than uh, a, a jack of all trades. I love how Grant Baldwin uh, puts it. He says, uh, you when you go to, uh, if you want a steak, you don't want to go to a buffet. You want to go to a steak restaurant. And and for you, let your passion be that steak to where you, you just really knock steak out of the park. You make steak really good. Whatever that passion is for you, don't, don't try to behave as a buffet. Again, what we talked about, these five steps, we talked about identifying the trouble, that the things in your life that have caused you trouble, and lean into them rather than away from them. We're trying to learn how to funnel those traits to be our strengths rather than trying to ignore them as weaknesses. Number two, clarify your passion and marry it. 
Number three, identify the areas of mental neglectfulness. Write it down. Number four, establish automation or people for the things that you often neglect. And number five, start saying no to the things that don't meet your passion. With all that, let's end with three takeaways today. Number one, what is your secret strength? You got one. What is it? And when can, when can you first recognize it in your childhood? When can you first recognize that secret tra- strength in your childhood? Um, number two, what changes in your life or your role do you need to make in order to better utilize your personality strengths? Once you identify them, look at what changes you need to make to lean into them to use them in your in your in your life and your leadership. And number 3, after identifying your passion, how can your passion be used to make a positive impact in others? It's one thing to identify that passion, but now I want you to to lean in and see how can your passion be used to make an impact in other people's lives. With all that being said, I want to thank you for tuning into this episode today. I hope that it was edifying for you. I hope that it made a difference in your life. And can you do me a favor? Can you leave a rating or review on this episode, on this podcast? It really means a lot to me, and it helps extend this impact to be made in someone else. When people are scrolling, they'll be able to see that other people listen to this show, and it would inspire them to give it a chance as well. So, If you could do that, I'd greatly appreciate it. With all that being said, thank you for tuning in. Have a great life.